Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Does God heal amputees? That's the question Thomas Westbrook, the guest, and I will be discussing this episode on Deep Drinks Podcast. So welcome everybody. We are continuing Dry January, which is about promoting balance, making sure that we keep alcohol in the fun category and not in the coping category, um, or at least not coping for too long anyway. Um, it's always good to make sure we're pumping the brakes on things that could be so delicious. So without further ado, I'll introduce our guest. Thomas Westbrook is the creator of the popular YouTube channel, Holy Kool-Aid. This is his second time on Deep Drinks. His channel boasts over 250,000 subscribers and 29 million views. Uh, Thomas promotes scientific skepticism and critical thinking and is currently investigating miracles. His next episode will be in the next couple of days. However, his Patreon supporters um, have had an early glimpse at some of those things. So if you want to if you want to see the early glimpse, go to his Patreon. If you want to check out the video when it comes out, it'll be the next couple of days. Welcome, Thomas Westbrook. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be on. <laughs> Did you change your background? Uh, Yeah, well, it's, I mean, no, I'm actually out here and check out this (laughs) this beautiful sunset at this old church. Uh, It looks like a um, scene from like one of the original God of War games, like, um, kind of like, yeah, which (laughs) I've actually been playing the new God of War and it, it, not the, not the new, new one, but the, the one that they just released on PC through steam right before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I want to I want to get back into that. I, I started playing it and I, I don't think I was in the, the mood for that style of game, um, but uh, I want to get back into playing it because I, I mm. used to love the originals. And um, the more I'm learning about like uh, mythology, it's I'm like, oh, wow, they actually took real world things and put them into the game. Like that's Yeah. So cool. And I mean, like it it twists a lot of mythology and stuff. Obviously, you have a character that's not really a real character that's now in moving from greek mythology into norse mythology and like fighting with norse gods and stuff so it's like (laughs) there's a lot of i mean all mythology is made up and changes over time but if you're actually wondering like what did norse pagans believe it's there's going to be a stretch but you're still going to learn about actual gods and goddesses and different you know creatures and stuff so it's it's fun and i I love that that type of thing like i I loved playing the assassin's creed game that took place in egypt because like on top of while you know there's there's a lot of historical fiction there's still a lot of things that it's like that's actually what some of the buildings looked like and they actually went to a great you know uh amount of detail or do a great amount of research in order to get mm. the details right i i haven't played that one is that do they have aliens building the pyramids because obviously that's how... <laughs> no they, I, I was actually surprised because i i got that back when i was doing my video on um the pyramids and how the pyramids were built and that was going to be like once i'm done with this video because i've i've just been taking a deep dive into ancient egyptian history once i'm done with this this video i can reward myself by getting and playing that game and there was there was actually part of the like non gameplay part of the game where you could just do like a tour without any like fighting or any story but just like walking through the great pyramid and seeing the the things that like archaeologists actually have to say about it and it wasn't like ancient alien stuff it was actual research and actual you know hypotheses that have been put forward and it was it was pretty pretty spot on wow cool yeah wow. i'm gonna have to go back and i'm gonna i have some 
catch come to do with the video games i think um it's it's been a dry few years mm. for me um in fact i actually started my own gaming channel it's got no subscribers oh. no one cares but i've been playing three nintendo 64 games and that's been really fun cool um so what are we drinking today thomas um we are drinking because it is dry january which We're... is a huge difference from when well uh last time you were on the channel and we got uh shit faced on yeah, adios we... motherfuckers uh, <laughs> amfs yeah <laughs> amfs yeah um so that that was fun this time we are doing an arnold palmer which mm -hmm. my green screen makes this look almost magical but it's lemonade and iced tea so i've got the sweet red diamond iced tea because i'm here in the south and you gotta go sweet tea you know yeah go big or go I've home got... I got the uh, Lipton iced tea. I could only get lemon flavor, but I thought lemon is close enough to lemonade, and mm. then lemonade. So that's what I'm mixing together. There we it's go. Actually pretty good. Yeah, it's so I got pretty good. A little bit of ice, and just do a about a fifty-fifty split. And unless you're more wanting like lemon taste and less tea, mm. or vice versa. Well, um, as uh, you pour that, uh, has anyone else, um, thanks everyone for showing up, by the way, is, has, has anyone else um, continuing with dry uh, January with us, or maybe it's just a dry day for you, in which case, great. Mm. <laughs> uh, maybe you had too much too much last night. But um, so, and we'll ask the simple yet uh, powerful and important question to you, Thomas, mm. does God heal amputees? <laughs> I wish he did. Mm. And and on top on that same note, a lot of times the the amputee is the one that, you know, is kind of first and foremost like people will use that as an example. What I want to see is does God separate conjoined twins? Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Cuz why do you want to see that more than um to me the that would be even more it would be even more um hard to for them to fake or to spoof because in my research i've seen enough faith healers who are not just fooled themselves but are genuinely going out of their way to con and scam people and i feel mm -hmm. like if someone comes in with potentially hiding some type of a um you know, hiding an arm or hiding a limb and then somehow slipping it out. I feel like that would be a little bit easier to fake than if you straight up have, you know, some, uh, if you have like a couple, like two boy conjoined twins walk in, like with their shirts off and you can see them where they're stuck together mm. and they're sharing an organ, you know, they're, they're sharing a kidney that they need to survive or something. And all of a sudden they just swoop and like split like an amoeba if God can create the universe just like that by speaking it into existence, that should be absolutely no problem for him. Mm -hmm. And for these faith healers that some of them claim that I think Todd Bentley, what's he at now? Like he claims that there's like 35 people he's raised from the dead. Mm. And yet none of them are on camera and none of them have been verified. And it's just every single time he gives a sermon, that number just like keeps going up. And it's, you almost think that this guy has, should have a responsibility to just hang out at the morgue and just like, nope, not you, not you, not you. Yeah. The yeah. blood of Jesus. So is he, is Todd, is that the guy who ran that revival a few years ago who has like tattoos, tattoos all over him and stuff? Is that the same guy? He does. Um, 
he's got now he has this big orange beard before uh, he, yeah. he's still bald but he used to to not have as big of a beard now he just mm. looks kind of like an old dude but he got in trouble for some various um sex scandals within his ministry both involving men uh, and women oh and beautiful allegedly accusations but let's just say that there were enough accusations that uh at, at what point do you kind of tend to you know it's like okay here's some famous person who you know someone came with some vague kind of iffy uh accusation versus hey there are 20 different people that are all coming forward with something mm. at, at what point do you just does it stop being allegedly and it's like yeah that's that's enough for me to <laughs> yeah well at least investigate it or something like it like yeah. criminally um and... yeah I mean, that's just, um, I remember when that was happening, I was in ministry college or it was shortly after I was in ministry college. Like it was around that time in my life. And I remember, um, I remember someone in class said, God told him to get all these tattoos. And I was like, oh, like, I was like, okay. I was like, this is like, not that I, I don't know. I, I've liked tattoos, but I was just like, it's weird that God would tell you to get the tattoos. Especially but, given that there's verses in the Bible that seem to indicate <laughs> that god doesn't like tattoos yeah 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 i mean yeah it's, it's strange so uh you've been investigating the uh the, the supernatural you've been investigating miracles your series is the whole reason i reached out to you because i watched it and i was like this is so 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 important um and uh i i i actually wanted to um to to kind of kick us off into this whole thing by i guess um showing a clip of peter popoff's ministry now you've mm. seen the clip before a lot of the audience probably has seen the clip before but for those who haven't seen it uh peter popoff was a faith healer in the 90s so this is a vhs tape um actually earlier than the 90s earlier in the 90s yeah. okay and i, I think and, he, um i forget when exactly he was exposed but it was either the 80s or the 70s but yeah and and james randy had a um james randy is a like magician skeptic um it passed away a few years ago tragically but he's um a great guy and he, he would expose psychics and things like that mm -hmm. and he went to one of these crusades uh with a radio scanner to see if they could pick up anything uh in the audience um and this is the clip from the documentary that they aired now i want you to keep in mind too as we watch this as i think it's for like two minutes is peter popoff still has a ministry so he he left for a few years he's back his flocks back people still support him not uh, just that but it's it's I don't know how intentional and deliberate this was, whether it's that this specific audience found him or whether it's that he targeted this specific audience, but because his initial church following was, you know, okay, he's most of these faith healers are in the South, either Oklahoma or Texas, the vast majority of them, some of them in Florida. And because initially his audience was, you know, middle class upper middle class you know suburban white people and they're the ones that are watching shows like johnny carson which this aired live on and exposed him on he knew that he couldn't go back to that audience and he filed for bankruptcy so now he's targeting specifically um the african-american community because they are less likely to have seen that show and also because socioeconomically there is a split and a divide in terms of um just structurally uh, education levels 
within the U.S. And so it's it's really fucked up because it's, especially given that like he's he's still pulling the same con and still robbing people of their their hard earned money, and a lot of these people are in are in incredibly desperate situations. So whether it's deliberate racism versus just a, a crime of opportunity of hey here's an audience that hasn't seen me yet either way it's like he's gone from targeting people who are already vulnerable because they are you know suffering from cancer to people who have even less money to seek out medical care and are desperately mm. turning to him <clears throat> mm. i did not know that uh that's horrible uh i don't want to poison the well everyone can decide is this man a saint or a sinner um, let's uh, let's check out this clip. I tell you, from now on, you're going to have a soul of victory in your heart. Amen. To his followers, Papa seemed to have divine Amen. powers. As, is it Gould, Alice Gould? He knew their names. Stand up, Alice. As well as the afflictions they'd come to cure. God is touching that thyroid condition right now. God is touching your nerves right now. God is touching your eyes. Just lift up your hands, get ready. Here it comes. He also knew the personal details of their lives. Hear good news from Charles before everything is over. I'll tell you, he's going to be completely delivered because of your prayers, because of your faith. Here it comes, complete healing in Jesus. Ooh, mighty name right now, right now, right now. Amen. It's all right to praise the Lord. I suspected that Popoff's revelations were other than divine. The radio scanner we brought to the hall picked up a decidedly worldly source. Hello, PD. Can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. Papa was being prompted by his wife through a wireless earpiece. John? Dearly Johnson. She'd gotten her information from prayer cards filled out by the faithful before the show began. She wants to get rid of the walker. You want to get rid of this walker, sister? Oh, glory. How long have you been walking on that walk? About three years. Three years. She lives at 1627 10th Street. 1627 10th Street? Is that right? That's right. She has arthritis all over. Ooh, burning this arthritis right out of your body. Take a few steps just to make the devil mad. Hallelujah. That's it. Just move around a little bit. There she goes. Just walk with me. Oh, glory to God. She's not going to need that walker anymore. God's just putting new strength, new health, burning that arthritis out of her body. Just keep going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was able to arrange for another broadcast of the Miracle Crusade on The Tonight Show. But this time, the wireless prompting was included. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know about you guys. I feel like he's a piece of shit. <clears throat> um, and I think that the part of the reason why these, uh, these conversations need to happen is because of people like Peter Popov still running around, still pulling the same tricks. Uh, and, and you know, and you can tell why it's because when there is no hope in someone who may have terminal cancer or, um, or something, uh, 
like they they turn to the supernatural they turn to spiritual leaders to give them uh, who to tell them that there is 100% hope uh, in the name of Jesus or whatever guru they subscribe to yep yeah and it's it's the, the the thing that's that's heartbreaking is that a lot of the people in these situations are they they have conditions which are potentially treatable so there's you know plenty of cases where you'll see uh children who you know they have no say in the matter as to like whether or not they go to a doctor or whether or not they go to a faith healer and yet their parents will be you know, into a, a faith healing cult, whether it's like word of faith or whether it is uh, Christian scientists, and they'll opt for faith healing instead, and the kids wind up dying as a result. So mm. in those situations, it's not always taking the kid to a faith healer. Sometimes it's just the parents at home anointing the kid's head with oil, but it's because they watch things like Peter Popoff, and they'll see these these big televangelists coming on you know, saying it's health and wealth. God wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be wealthy. And he's, I'm here to cure you and miracles are still happening. And the Holy spirit comes and, and can heal anyone. And a lot of them are pulling stunts. They're pulling cons and scams on people and they, you know, they, they need to be called out and they need to be exposed. But when someone sees it, it looks so convincing that these videos will get shared all over the internet as proof of miracles and the divine and the supernatural and people will add that to the back of their head like as, as to their data bank of oh god must be real because i saw this miracle and then if that miracle they see that one they see another one they see another one they might all be complete hoaxes and yet mm. you're in your mind you're thinking oh i, I ha there's a lot of data well that one wasn't real but there's plenty of others that i've seen oh well that one wasn't mm. real but there's plenty of others and the more that I have dug into this and just gone after one faith healer after another, after another, after another, I've seen time and time and time again where, especially with the big ones, like the major televangelists, I'm talking like the top 50, it is very, very, very difficult for me to say that I think that any one of them does not know that they are scamming people or being dishonest, mm. at least in some sense of the word. It's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really tough, isn't it? Because I think I agree. I tend to agree with you that, um, when, when I first started deconstructing my faith, I thought, oh, a lot of people are just miss don't, they don't fully like they, they, they're, they're not, they're not cognitive cognizant of their, uh, their, their deception and what they're teaching. But then I discovered there were a lot of people who were, especially like in the Young Earth Creation Movement and the Faith Healing Movement, and I, and I was actually really disgusted that these people were getting away with it. But there well, are some people who, some churches who fully believe. I mm -hmm. I believe they fully believe what they teach. 100%. Yeah, and 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 this is the distinction that I want to make when I say among the top fifty, I do mm. not think that you get to that level of attention, of publicity, of wealth, without being really in it deep because imagine that you have two people and one 
100% wholeheartedly believes it, thinks that, you know, God is, is answering prayers and they're coming along and they're laying hands on people. And that person saying, I feel better. You prayed over me. Like, this is fantastic. And in actuality, it's just that they're getting an adrenaline rush in the moment. The pain is being dissipated. There's all these neurochemical processes that are going on in that setting. And that person thinks that, oh, I just, God just healed them. And both the, the person being prayed for and the faith healer. In that situation, I think that it's genuine. But that's not going to get as much attention as someone like Todd White who comes along and says, I can straighten your legs out and you know one leg is longer than the other and I'm going to pull this this trick or I'm not pull this trick but I'm going to mm. pray over your legs and right there in front of the camera you see one leg extending. Mm. And it's one of the most like discernible signs of someone being a con artist and a scammer is when they do that leg trick and there's a couple different ways that you can do it but none of them are hey, this person's leg is actually growing. They're either taking <laughs> yeah. a slip-on shoe and they're like pulling the shoe off and on a little bit or yeah. they're taking the, the person's legs and they're kind of like tilting one backwards and forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another way is if the person themselves is in on it, then they can kind of shift their hips a little bit or yeah. the faith healer can pick up their legs and hold them off to the side just ever so slightly. And what that does is it kind of makes makes one kind of go out versus in when you like hold it straight forward, it might be straight. But then if you like hold it to the side, one is a little bit longer. Mm. And so like, there's, there's a couple of different ways that they can do that trick and like four different ways that I know of. And that's, that's a go-to trick for, you know, WV Grant used it consistently. Um, Todd White uses it all the time. Um, there's a couple of other people and you start seeing that, oh, hey, this faith healer is using it. This faith healer is using it. This faith healer is using it. And then you're like, if those ones know that what they're doing is dishonest, because you can't do that without realizing what you're doing, then if they're connected with a bunch of other faith healers, like Benny Hinn, who is actively vetting, he has basically a mob in the audience of, um, catchers if you will people you know ushers and stuff who are the ones that will prevent people from coming to the front and select who in the audience gets to come to the front reinhard bonka did mm -hmm. this as well where i've seen him live really it'd be <laughs> yeah. like auditioning to get to go to the front and if if you said oh i'm healed of this great thing and i can do this thing they'd be like okay you can get up on stage but mm. if you're coming forward to be prayed for and you have cerebral palsy or you're you know completely paralyzed good luck getting forward to the front mm. and you know they, they know what they're doing they know exactly what they're doing and they hear you know the stories of you know people sometimes they get sued and sometimes they have you know people come forward and, and expose them and it doesn't matter they're making millions and millions upon millions of dollars and then they're able to reinvest that in launching TV shows and like showing it, you know, oh man, this is all, you know, this person's coming forward and claiming that they're being healed. And like in the case of Benny Hinn, there's probably been like 10 different TV stations at least that have done exposés on him that have followed up with people that came on stage and like every single one time and time and time again, it's like, oh, this person wasn't actually healed. This person thought they were healed in the moment. Turns out that they weren't. This person, you know, really? came forward and, and they, they felt... Like they were better. And then like a few months later, they died of cancer. And I have in one of my videos already, I have a compilation of just uh, Benny Hinn. And it's just one person after another that is like, this person died two months later. This person, you know, 
started to improve and then died this many months later and this person died and it's just like this countless list of people who have died because of faith healing and the faith healers know about it they know about mm. it and and in some situations they're actively discouraging people from from act, from going and and getting medical care and they're telling them to opt for faith healing instead but then if they come on on a tv program they'll deny it they'll say you know because mm. when, when they're giving their sermon they might say something like you know dr jesus will heal you in ways that the doctors never yeah. can and when you have faith jesus you don't is need. my vaccine and all yeah that. And, and all this stuff but then if, if they come on a show they you know they're very cautious with what they say so they'll say i never told any specific person to not go see a doctor mm. like absolutely by all means go and get tested in fact that'll verify and show that it's a real miracle and they'll say that they have all these documents and all these records proving it. And then they don't. And when they do provide them, there's either a bunch of information detracted and you still can't track down the people or you follow up and you actually find the the doctors, you find the people and, and you realize that that's not, it wasn't a miracle. It was either mm. a misdiagnosis in, to begin with, or the person still has the condition or the person was getting treatment from their doctor and recovered at the, the normal rate that they would have. Mm. And so you start seeing all of that and you start seeing how much greed and how much money is tied to it. And then mm. you start finding other things within this network where um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, there's a, an organization, I believe it's called St. Matthew's church that, but it's, it's changed names like three or four times. The Trinity foundation has, has done exposés on them and like, done uh, press releases on them but basically and the, the, if you're not familiar the trinity foundation is a watchdog organization it's a christian okay. organization that's a watchdog organization for these faith healers and for con artists that's and right. scams i back that and a hundred percent they do yeah. phenomenal work um but they've this group called saint matthews is actually a direct mail marketing firm that you, you may have seen some of their stuff that they've done for like robert tilton and others where they will send out like Oh, hey, here's this this little yeah. um, thing, this seed of faith or whatever, and, and you have to plant yeah. this in the ground and then send me back. You know, here I've placed my hand on this piece of paper. Now you place yours on it and trace around it, and you know, send back five dollars as a you know, showing your faith and how much you believe. And God is going to bless you with with tremendous prosperity within ninety days, as long as you follow the words of the prophet of God. And they'll do this like 10, 20, 30 times, just back and forth and back and forth. Because when people come and show up at their their revival healing crusades, they collect their information of everyone that, that mm. buys tickets. They collect their address. They collect, you know, and they get on these mailing lists. And so these companies have literally gone through and psychologically figured out the best ways to market to people who are, you know, gullible, vulnerable, desperate, uh, in need of, of some kind of wealth breakthrough. And they'll target them with these things and then they'll get responses. And then they just like, they put them in this pipeline of, all right, now you're in the funnel and we are going to, you know, keep pumping out all of the, this mail stuff to you. And when the person sends it back, they found like entire piles of this stuff just in the dumpster that like no one ever read, no one ever looked at. And the, and the, the pastor, it sounds like it's this very personal communication where the pastor's like, dear Irma, you know, I was so grieved to hear of your cancer, the cancer that your husband is struggling with, but we're here to fight it together. And it, it has the illusion of being personal, but in actuality, they're blasting this out, you know, these marketing mailings out at scale. And 
when this first back when this first really took off was like back in i want to say like the 60s um i believe it was like 1960s or 70s and it was um there were a couple of faith healers including um oral roberts tl osborne um eventually robert tilton possibly ff bosworth like there's a couple of like really big name ones that basically when um they all use the same guy they all use the same service and they all use the same company because it's a way that it's all about the money it's not about caring for people and healing people it's about how much can we rake in how much can we get out of these people and so that tells me that like these people are they know exactly what they're doing and it's it's all interconnected so you mm. you have that and so you start seeing these connections you start seeing kind of this this web and you start seeing like who's who and then who was like an underling or a protege of someone else and so mm. like oral roberts will come along and he'll have tremendous influence and connections with someone like catherine coleman who then it directly influences Benny Hinn and they're all going on each other's TV stations. They're all promoting each other. They're all, you know, doing shout outs for each other. And it's every single one of them is, is pulling the same gimmicks and using the same money-making strategies. And they're all, you know, health and wealth, name it and claim it, prosperity, the doctrine preachers and they're faith healers too. And so you start seeing the overlap there. Then you get to, to churches like Bethel where there there's, you know, actually training students in the divine arts. It's basically like the Hogwarts of Christianity. But it, it, it that is a perfect, <laughs> it is the Hogwarts of Christianity. I actually wanted to talk about Bethel, but go yeah. finish what you're going to say. Well, so, because So like Bethel, I was watching an, an interview with um, one of the, the elders from Bethel who had left the church. And he was basically saying how he did not see a single miracle while he was there that really he's like every single thing that i saw was very easily explainable there were a few cases where people were getting medicine like medical treatment in addition to being prayed over but like he never saw an actual like organic healing it was always things like oh i i you know had a congested uh nose or a headache or something and it's like the pain went away the pain was eased or something psychosomatic occurred there not one single thing where it's like this person you know has a, a hand that's completely crippled and, and uh, crumpled up and they pray over them and boom it's like back to normal and it's medically verified mm. before and after like never saw anything like that but what he did see was there was like the, they they have the glitter that falls from the ceiling and they're like oh it's the holy you know uh we're, we're praying and Jesus is like raining glitter down on us. Mm, and whatever he found that like, there was like another church that was like associated with Bethel where he literally walked in on someone dumping glitter in the ventilation system. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's... So I have friends who traveled from Australia to America to do Bethel training. And, uh, and they, at the end they get a, my sister did. Oh, really? They get yep. anointed with a sword. Like they get like they get down on one knee and they get anointed with a sword. Feels wow. a little Freemasony. But um but I I I I you see, this is where I don't know if we, we might differ in opinions here, but I, I well obviously there is the Peter Popoffs of the world who are mm -hmm. absolute frauds. <clears throat> we we know they're frauds, we know they're in it for the money, they don't give a shit about people. Um the, the world would be a better place if they didn't exist, not mm -hmm. advocating for violence. But, um, but 
then there are people who I think, like I think Bethel, I think the leaders of Bethel and the the community of Bethel believe in miracles. I think they believe that these things can happen. And the thing that the thing that really got me, and I, I was unsure if I was going to to, to mention this, but um, but when I was interviewing Feral Pastor's wife a few um, weeks ago, now um, they brought up a story that just had me like sh- sh- like shaken up. And um, let me just um share it. Um, there, let me just uh, let me just stop sharing. Sorry, everyone. I'm a little bit of a boomer. Um, um, and, uh, and this, whoop. so there was a little, so I looked up, I looked into it last night and, you know, my wife was expecting yesterday. Uh, mm. so our due date was yesterday and, uh, we're still yet to have the baby. Congratulations, no baby by the way. Thank, thank you. Um, uh, it's, um, very exciting. This broke my heart and I don't know if it's just because it's so um, close to home, but, um, my, and my thoughts and condolences go out to the family and, and everyone affected, but. Federal pastor's wife told me about this. There was a child who died in the church, and yeah. the child was um, two years old. And they prayed over the child's body for four days, uh, yeah. believing for a resurrection. Is olive, um, olive something? Yeah, this is yeah. footage from the mother. Um, day four is a really good day for a resurrection. Come alive, olive, and yeah, it's the whole church believing and praying um the yeah, bill and- johnson the pastor <clears throat> pr- produced a video talking about how they were believing on behalf of this child why is he wearing glasses <laughs> like hey, now. Gen- genuine no genuinely no, genuinely yeah, yeah yeah if if faith if god heals eyesight why are all these faith healers wearing glasses that's a that's a that's a good question it's a good question I don't know. Um, That's, you know, and I I see that. And I I see also um, like faith healer after faith healer who like Kenneth Copeland, he will walk through the audience and claim that he's healing all these people. Now, Kenneth Copeland is worth like a hundred million dollars, his ministry. My my mother back in the nineties gave him $500 when we, when, you know, that wasn't a lot of, that was a lot of money for us at the time. And Kenneth Copeland has a, He'll he'll have various like revival healing uh, uh, crusades and stuff, and people will come for these conferences and stuff, and they'll have healings. and And I don't know that Kenneth Copeland necessarily does it himself as much anymore, but he has a protege of his his church named Billy Burke, and it's just disgusting the stuff that this guy does, and it's so transparently like obvious to me having watched just hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of this stuff you start to spot this person knows what they're doing so like i see that where like um uh in in the case of i I forget where i was going with this but you were saying um oh the, the 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 eyeglasses kenneth copeland literally has a pacemaker and he went to the hospital for heart problems why are these guys going to the hospital Jack Coe claimed that he cured people all the time, multiple people of polio. Guess what he died of when he was 38? It's my next video is on this guy. Died of polio. Guess what he did before he died? Because he I he, shouldn't he, laugh. 
<laughs> he was I shouldn't laugh at someone dying of polio. He he got sick on like November 28th, 1956. Got sick, was in really critical condition, went to the hospital, and he was in the hospital in like a uh, in critical condition. He would wake up and then he'd, he'd fall back asleep and like people were praying for him. They had entire like 24 hour prayer chains mm. where like mm -hmm. multiple faith healers and people in all these churches, they're all praying for him, you know, for him to get better. And he was one of the biggest proponents against people going and getting um, medical treatment, but opting for faith healing instead also got exposed multiple times. I have a whole video on it coming out hopefully tomorrow. And this guy, he, instead of seeking out faith healing himself goes to the hospital first and then for like two weeks people are just non-stop praying for him and then he dies of polio and he's not the only one that that's had that type of a situation and then you start uh, looking you start looking into these guys lives it's because it's because he went to the hospital that was that was stepping outside of faith he should have just remained in the faith and he would have been okay that was it was not believing god to go to the hospital yeah but you start looking into these guys and it's there's there's a certain amount of faux humility that they put forward and mm. when i say that i'm i'm very skeptical with um with bethel mm -hmm. it's that i see i see the ties and the connections that they have with other people within the church that doesn't necessarily mean that they are doing the same thing but um i know that todd white has really strong ties to bethel and i know mm -hmm. that he's done and, and given like sermons and stuff there and people are like oh look you know todd white is is going to come up and, and heal us and stuff and he literally goes and does the leg trick that's his signature move on the street and he oh, also right the dreadlock also guy. yeah he there there's a, a video where this guy says that like he went to uh, he 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 was on the beach in hawaii because todd white has like a hawaii beach house and everything because he's you know of course all of them have filthy stupid amounts of money <laughs> and he, uh, Todd White goes to, or this guy goes to, to Hawaii and he just happens to see Todd White on the beach, goes up to him and Todd White's like, yeah, you know, is there anything that you need healing over or whatever? And he'd just been doing the leg trick on the beach, but he knows, Todd knows that like, hey, if, if this is just a placebo, if someone has a stomach ache and I pray over it and it feels better, it's like, oh, wow, God heals. Or if like their leg hurts or their knee hurts and I pray over it or their shoulder hurts and I pray over it, then it's like, oh man, look, God has healed you. But mm -hmm. if it's something that's obvious, some like organic thing or some, you know, uh, either deformity or some broken bone that hasn't been reset or complete total blindness, then he's not going to be able to, to do anything about that. Mm. And so he's talking to this guy and this, this guy's like, actually, you know, yeah, I, I do have an injury when, when I was younger, I was playing sports and I, I broke my finger and his, his finger is still kind of like crooked like that. And Todd White's like, huh, interesting. And then just completely turned and ignored him and just like looked away and like, just because he knew really that there's, there's nothing he could do. Yeah. And so it's things, stories like that, as well as seeing the, the the types of things that they do, seeing the connections that they have, and seeing the the ways that they raise money and the fundraising tactics and scams that they pull on people. That I see that, and then I see them um, weeding out people in the audience and having basically auditions for who gets to come on stage, and mm. that really, really raises red flags for me. One of the other things that Todd White does is he uses the same tricks that that psychics will use 
where they will shotgun things out into the audience hoping for a hit because they know mm -hmm. that statistically it's likely. So they'll play up the music. They'll get it super amped and super emotional and everyone's like excited. And they're like, now I believe that, you know, people here, God is telling me that people are going to be healed with shoulder injuries and people are going to be healed of, you know, internal cancers and people are going to be healed of arthritis and the stuff that they list off. It is always, always, always the same things. It's diabetes. It's arthritis. It's uh, joint pain, like knees, hips, um, back. A lot of times it's back pain, shoulder pain. Um, you know, they'll, they'll do things like partial deafness because it's really hard to kind of, unless you actually go in for a hearing test to be able to tell exactly, you know. Um, like someone not just seeing you put your hand up like, yes, yeah, so I'm yeah. deaf. Yeah. Or people yeah. being raised out of wheelchairs. It's, it's mm. stuff like that. And the thing is, a lot of times people who are in wheelchairs can walk. They just shouldn't walk because mm. they, they have maybe like um, they've broken a bone. And so like they're, you know, they're healing and you need to isolate, you know, like maybe use crutches for a while and you can put the crutches aside and hobble around on your foot. It's just, there's a reason why the doctor has you off of that foot for a while because it needs to heal and not be damaged or else it can like <laughs> recur. Right. And so they'll have people come in and like, some of them will even bring wheelchairs to uh, the situation where like uh, James Randi spotted WV Grant ha having outside of his service, an entire truck pull up and start unloading wheelchairs. And when people would come in who were like elderly or maybe who had a cane or something, he would be like, here, this will be more comfortable for you while you wait. Why don't you sit in this wheelchair? Yeah. And then I've, I've heard that. they'd roll them to the front and he'd be like, in the name of Jesus, you're, you're going to be healed. And you know, your, your hips are going to be better rise out of that wheelchair. And it looks like this phenomenal, impressive stunt that they just pulled. Mm. But then you, you stop and you realize like, oh, that person isn't doing anything that they couldn't already do. Yeah. Or maybe they have a rush of adrenaline and so they're able to do something that, you know, they they could do, but like they could do with a lot of pain and now they're able yeah. to do it without. I, so, I had, I had, uh, the, and the problem is, is people, people <laughs> like kids, they see what they see something on TV and then they go replicate it. It's like people will see these things and they go replicate it. I, I think I told you last time you were on, or I, I mentioned it before on the, on the podcast, but we had someone who broke their neck in our church in a mm. prayer meeting. They cut off the cast of his neck and they dug their knuckles into the um, broken bone to prove that it was healed. Look, doesn't hurt. Doesn't mm. hurt. And he was healed for two days until he got rushed back to hospital when his neck yeah. screwed up again. Now, yeah. and we're all trying to work out what what was the sin that he had in his life that made that made that happen. When in mm. reality, he was he was probably in a brace because he couldn't move it because it was yeah. you know, likely going to get damaged again if he did move it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too um, is like miracles. Uh, t t oh, I just lost my chain of thought, but um, there's, while, while there's you're, yeah. yeah, sorry, go go. While you're while saying, saying that, there's in terms of the neck brace. I've I've seen um, people like um, Benny Hinn do that as well, where they'll take off the, the neck brace of someone, and they'll sometimes they'll vigorously shake their neck around to show and to prove that they're healed. And the person in the moment, they're getting such a shock and such a jolt. And mm. it's it's really harmful. It's it's really dangerous too, depending on like the, yeah. the severity if, of the break. Well, even if you no, but, no, even if you don't have a to shake someone's neck around is is like even when I was um 
when I was doing karate um, back when I was a little kid, you, you know, they would they would teach you about it. like your neck can be really you, can, you can't you shouldn't shake around someone's neck. It can be really bad yeah. for you. Um, so what you're saying there about people calling out um, calling out things, I've, I've mentioned this before, um, but you know, my wife and I went through IVF with our with our baby, and uh, for a long time we went through five years of fertility treatment, and we because my Amy has endometriosis. Now, a friend of ours went to, um, who's like a fundamentalist Christian, went to a church and the church said, had a, had a prophet coming the following week and someone came up on stage and said, um, this prophet is coming and God just told me that there is someone here who has a relative who has endometriosis who needs to be healed of, and God wants to heal them next week if they come along to this service. Mm. Um, so this was something like a year ago, a year or two, like a little while ago. Yeah. And Amy and I were in the depths of our like, you know, heartbreak, getting let down after let down after let yeah. down with our fertility treatment, and it was actually really hard for us to hear that because not that we we believed anymore, but it was it was like it was it hit too close to home, and it, and and it, it even us yeah. like so, someone who like we're both um, thought through our positions and we don't believe in God, and 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 even for us that made us feel like this what if it is real like what if it is real and this can help us and that was um for um you know that was fertility treatment that wasn't like terminal mm. cancer that wasn't like you know and i remember talking to my roommate about it and i said um you know would you would you go to this thing and mm. um and she, and she said no and i said why and she goes because i live in reality and i was like okay and like that was a pretty funny joke or whatever um but the thing that really got me to reconsider the idea that this could even be a thing, and this is the next thing I kind of want to talk about, is the ethics of faith healing. And in in, in this in that circumstance, I remember thinking to myself, if God could heal Amy of her fertility stuff, I, I would say don't. I would say don't. Please don't heal Amy. Like go stop that child from being raped. Go stop that. Go give food to that starving child. Use your powers for something more important. We can go through. We, we're in a in a first world country. We have money. We can go. We can. Um, I mean, we're not rich or anything, but we can go through the yeah. medical needs to get to fix Amy's issues. Go yeah. save someone who's actually needs saving. Um, and I remember it was when yeah. I realized how disgusting this. If this, if this, if the, if God was was coming to intervene, saying I'm going to heal this person if they come to this church, when I realized how disgusting that was, when there are people being raped, murdered, um, abused, starving, cancer in the world, I realized that I, I realized that I, I I didn't agree with it even on an ethical level. Yeah. On an ethical level, I was like, no. There's also okay. a tremendous amount of letdown that you feel when you're not healed, when you go and, and everyone else seems to be healed around you and then you're not. And there's a tendency to blame yourself because what the faith healers will tell you is that, oh, if you weren't healed, it's because you don't have enough faith or because there's mm. some sin in your life. There's something holding you back and you need to confess it or you need to come forward and, and believe. And some of these people come time and time and time again. Some of them have been coming for, you know, 10 years to faith healing crusades, just desperately hoping that that night is going to be their night. And they're convinced, so wholeheartedly convinced 
And they will do all kinds of acts in order to show and demonstrate. Some of them will throw away their medication or throw away their, their crutches ahead of time, throw away their, their glasses, believing that they're going to receive a miracle. Mm-hmm. And then they wind up either hurting themselves because they are now doing without the, the medical treatment that they desperately needed, or they at the very least wind up having to spend more money to go and you know get new glasses. Some of them. And one story I heard of a guy, he like threw away his glasses, desperately needed them because he was legally blind without it. And then he's like, I'm going to, in faith, I'm going to drive. And he like drove and wrecked into another car. (laughs) So like, it's, it's not just affecting you and yourself. They're believing it to such an extent that it's, it's harming others around them. And this is happening at scale where like these faith healers are, are putting out these messages and like millions of people are seeing it on TV Mm. and, you know, thousands tens of thousands are showing up to the auditoriums and getting these messages so it's it's the 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 level of harm that it does goes far beyond just robbing people's money um and and on top of that you have have situations where people they're not only blaming themselves but now because they have something that's visible that they're not healed of there's a certain amount of shame that comes along mm. with that and a certain amount of guilt where everyone can see that they're not healed and everyone is looking at them and blaming them. Like mm. there must be something wrong with you. And so they'll, they'll go home and just like, you can imagine that the level of depression that that can lead mm. to. And like one girl, I think it was a uh, grace Spur- Spurla Spurla Spurlot or something who um, she, there was a, a CBC like Canada, documentary on on Benny Hinn and they featured her and she was like in a wheelchair because her her spine basically had severe uh, curvature of the spine and she's like Mm -hmm. paralyzed in a wheelchair and she can kind of move her hands a little bit but like she's she's not able to get up and walk or move out of that wheelchair and she got turned away at a Benny Hinn crusade and they wouldn't even let her come to the front and, mm. you know, she's praying and desperately hoping for a miracle and stuff. And, like, for years, she's thinking that, like, God is going to heal her and wondering why he's not. And eventually she realizes that, like, a lot of these guys are these faith healers. Like, it's a scam and it's a con. And and yet she still has people regularly come up to her and ask her. Now she's she's learned to kind of embrace and accept her condition and she's like, I'm going to live to the best of my ability. I'm going to live my best life and do the things that I can with what I with what I have. Mm-hmm. And it's her story is incredibly inspiring. Like if you go and just like look her up on social media, like she has done things you would be blown away to see that she's been able to pull off in her her condition. Um, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, tandem skiing where she'll be like in a sled in front of someone and they're skiing behind her and like (laughs) go up in a a helicopter to the top of a mountain and and ski down it's (laughs) incredibly inspiring it's really cool but she still will have people come up to her and be like can i pray over you and she's just like please don't like Mm. i've gotten this so many times and it's just you know i i just want to be seen as a human and not as yeah your potential miracle yeah you know so, so it's so true so the, the, so i know that there might be people they're probably left by now because we've just done a lot of um shitting on people uh on faith healers which great, fair enough great but there, there are probably people who maybe started this episode thinking 
well, we know that there are scammers out there. We know that there are faith healers that are con men, but I experienced a real miracle or my auntie experienced a real miracle. And we even have some in the chat. So, mm. uh, Captain Dadpool said, uh, let me just find it. Um, uh, I am reading everyone's comments, by the way, I had a professor in college say that he prayed away over, over someone with a tumor and the tumor fell off is, I wonder if that person is just, or if you're remembering it right, or because I remember there's a story of Smith Wigglesworth doing that, which most of them, by the way, have been completely unverified and, and, um, and uh, yeah, I, I can go into Smith Wigglesworth, but I won't, um, but what do you say to someone who's like, no, I, I prayed for something and, um, and, and it happened. Like you can't deny my experience. Um, what do you say to someone like that? I mean, in situations like that, it's, it's difficult to approach a specific person who wholeheartedly believes it, but more often than not, what I encounter is people who say that they had a miracle, but kind of deep down inside, they know that there's a plausible explanation for it. And I have seen time and time again where there was an initial misdiagnosis where there was, you know, something having to do with like placebo effect. Maybe the tumor was benign and not malignant. Maybe there was something that they thought was a tumor that wasn't. Maybe they didn't actually go to the doctor, but they just had a lump and they, they assumed it was a tumor. But mm. without a medical diagnosis, then like, how do you know? I've seen mm. situations where they're prayed over in addition to getting medical treatment. So they're going in for chemo and they're going in, you know, or for radiation or something. And they also then happen to go to a faith healer, but then they attribute their healing to the faith healer rather than to what actually healed them. And then there's also cases of spontaneous remission where whether or not you're prayed over, there's a certain percentage of cancers that will your body will naturally fight and they will um, go away on their own. It's mm -hmm. not a, a very high number, but it's a significant enough number that if you realize that, I forget that the percentage of the population in the US that's I think it's like 70% that's religious. And if, if mm. most of them are Christian, then a lot of those people, when they get cancer, that's a, a significant, you know, countless numbers of millions yeah. of people who are all turning to prayer. And if they're all turning to prayer, and even if like 0.5% of them have spontaneous rates of, of remission, then every single one of those stories is going to attribute their healing to the prayer that took place. But if well, yes, you... But it... Just looking if, it up on Wikipedia, one in 100,000 cancers um, are estimated to fall under spontaneous re regression. Yeah. And if if you look up statistically, because this is something that um, there, there are studies that have been performed both on prayer itself as well as on faith healing. Um, if you look at the rates of quote unquote miracles that have taken place at Lourdes, which is like a pilgrimage site where people go because they think it's a holy place where they're going to be healed. And people will go in huge numbers, you know, every single year, thousands and thousands and thousands of people will go hoping for a miracle at this, this spring or whatever it is. And so they, they go to Lourdes and it's spelled like L O U R D E S. And if you look at the number of people who have gone hoping for miracles and the number of people that actually <laughs> yeah. have quote unquote miracles. It's, yeah. it's this astronomically tiny, 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 tiny number 
that is exactly about what you would expect or less than what you would expect <laughs> yeah. from spontaneous, spontaneous remission rate. That was in a Richard Dawkins documentary, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, he, he touches on that. And there's, there's a couple of other places that that mention that. And it's it's like, okay, so you look at that and then you look at prayer studies that are done in hospitals for recovery from like heart conditions. So there was, there was one study that was um, funded by the Templeton Foundation, which is actually a religious organization that funds different studies, but they'll actually, they tend to, to, to fund uh, actual rigorous research rather, but a lot of times having to do with religion mm -hmm. or having to do with faith and stuff. And with this study, it was, they looked at cases in a bunch of different hospitals where some people received prayer and knew that they were being prayed for. Some people who received prayer didn't know that they were being prayed for. And some people didn't receive prayer at all. So they have like control groups to kind of compare to. Yeah, yeah. And the the people who received prayer and knew that they were pray being prayed for actually fared the worst in terms of recovery, which is <laughs> yeah. completely the opposite of what you would think. And it's like, okay, maybe, I don't know why that would be. Like maybe they felt pressured and like the stress Yeah, that's the hypothesis that they felt like, yeah. I better be good because God's like, God, you know, and it yeah. stressed them out. Yeah. And like, there's, there's some like, you know, small studies, you know, here and there that might show like, a little bit of a, a positive correlation with prayer. Some of them show a negative correlation with prayer, but it's like, you look at it overall and it's like, there, there's absolutely nothing here when you have a, a good study and you only look at like th the studies that are done properly where like the, the sample size is, is significant enough where they are actually double blinding it, where they are actually like, you know, where, where the, the methodology of the study is, is, is proper. And there's nothing there that you would ex like that you wouldn't expect in a natural scenario. Is the so the the the, the, the heart study that you just mentioned that was by the Templeton Foundation, wasn't it? Are they? A, uh, it was, it was sponsored by the the Templeton Foundation, I believe. Right, which was which is a Christian organization, or a um, is it a Christian or a theist organization? I believe that the, the like I believe John Templeton was he was religious, and when he started his or established his foundation. Uh, he wanted to invest in like don't quote me on this i i i i, <laughs> I know that <laughs> i know that, that he he had a religious agenda um but um i i don't know the the, the full history behind it yeah okay uh courageous said i knew someone who said in africa they prayed for a man 10 days straight and watched his foot grow back uh but then followed up with they didn't have any proof and yeah. and, and that's I, i've heard that story i've heard stories similar to that um i've heard someone say that they saw someone raised from the dead or they heard of someone raised from the dead and they trust the person that told them uh, yeah. and these were like home church peeps these weren't big big um church peeps i've also heard the story and this is a bizarre story it was in madagascar and a friend of mine was a missionary there he nearly died of malaria twice and mm. he um he was like really living in the he was really the, doing the missionary lifestyle mm -hmm. and there was a story apparently it was on the news i don't know why we can't find any footage of it where this man was sleeping with a witch doctor and then decided to go back to his wife the witch doctor got angry cursed him his his dick is turned into a snake or some form of snake with with teeth and would bite into his leg i would get that they checked to, out <laughs> so they so they strapped it to they strapped it to his leg so because it kept moving around in his pants and biting his leg and then they um and then they uh 
they went to a prayer healing, whatever. They prayed for it, and it went back to a normal dick, right? But then the dick wouldn't work anymore, <laughs> okay? So then, uh, like, he couldn't get an erection anymore. So then he went to another faith healer to get his ability to get erections again back. And I, I remember telling someone about this when I was a Christian, and they weren't a Christian. They just said, I don't believe that. And I was just like, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, my friend... <laughs> My friend saw it and I remember just being so convinced of this like dick demon <laughs> dick demon thing. But I would love, look, hey, if there was evidence of that, like let's look into it. That's that's amazing. Like yeah. you, you'd think with all these things happening with smartphones around, uh you'd you'd see this stuff. There um, there's there's a couple of things that uh, a lot of times you'll see these faith healers on shows like you know, the Trinity broadcasts and stuff where they'll they'll be talking about like Oh man, you know, there's, there's today you see so many, you know, incredible resurrections going on in Africa and all this stuff because they actually, the faith there is, is vibrant and they believe it and it's real and it's raw mm, and you can't mm. deny all these miracles in Africa in the U S we just don't have the same level of faith. And that's why you don't see it here. Yeah. And that's really convenient because in Africa, <laughs> yeah. one, there's, there's less likelihood of the the people having the, the medical access in order to verify before and after with the condition, especially in, in villages where there's tremendous poverty. Africa, yeah. is, that's such a broad, like I, I apologize for painting in such <laughs> yeah. broad brushes because- In the town of Africa, yeah. Because obviously yeah. there's, there's incredibly wealthy individuals in Africa. There's incredibly yeah. wealthy uh, cities that are not, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not, but, all, it's not all like slums. Yeah. Yeah. But when you have these faith healers that are going to, Oh, this village that doesn't have healthcare access and, Oh, we saw this great, wonderful miracle. Mm. And, and it's like, okay, what's, what's the proof who, who looked into it? Was there a, you know, an actual unbiased journalist who went and reported the other thing is too, that a lot of these countries, you look at the case of, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, is it Mubarak something that um, was, he was a, a skeptic in Nigeria that got arrested and because he was basically questioning the faith. And All so right. if, if you have countries that have blasphemy laws or that have these, inherent protect protections built in to protect these faith healers and they're incredibly powerful like some of the, the wealthiest faith healers in the world live in in different parts of africa south africa mm. nigeria etc and they, they'll have they'll fly these private jets they'll fly freaking private jets and mm. they you know they're they're praying over people and they have these huge broadcasts and stuff and some of them have connections with the local police department the local government the local and and because everyone is religious or at least there's like a 95% or 98% religiosity rate then it's it's seen as this horrible t stigma and taboo to criticize them and so the press is is hesitant or scared to speak out there was one journalist who who spoke out about Alf Lukau and literally received threats. Him and his family received threats for you, you would, you, speaking it, out against weird. this dude. You would wonder. You would expect these people to want to get um, 
like things about verified, right? Uh, something I want to quickly mention is I put out a call to um, Michael Jones, which to be fair, I don't think Michael Jones actually believes miracles happen today. He said that outright, so I don't know why I tweeted to him, but maybe you could tweet it out to his followers. Um, capturing Christianity, Cameron, a bunch of, bunch of apologists, and I said, hey, I want to hear about a miracle story that happens today. I sent this out to local mm. churches. I sent it to my Facebook followers twice. I sent it out to Twitter like three times. Nothing. I made this little form, Anonymous Miracles, what's your testimony, and would you like to be discussed further? I can't get any information from this. There's one response, it's from me, that says I went to school because I was testing it. Um, so now, given, of course, people aren't going to want to go onto my channel because I'm quite critical of religion and tell us the miracle stories. However... Surely there's something, there's there's someone that can verify something so I can, because I want to look into mm. these things unbiasedly. I want to look yeah. into these things and go, okay, like what, what could be the reason for, for for this? Is is it possible that God's healing you or, or something? Yeah. And I've seen a couple of things that to me really taint the, the and we can laugh about the fact I said taint later, um, but it, it really taints the well when it comes to uh, eyewitness testimony in people's firsthand accounts or secondhand accounts. One is there is a tremendous incentive to exaggerate or lie because you feel like this person's soul is on the line. And by telling them about this miracle story, you are potentially convincing and winning this person over. And hmm. so if let's say that you see someone who's prayed over and, you know, they say, oh yeah, I, I feel better. My pain is gone. Then all of a sudden that is, that person was cured of cancer. Hmm. Or if you see something or, you know, maybe you never followed up with it. You never verified it, but you're like, oh yeah, loads of people followed up and verified it. Cause you're already convinced that it's true. And you don't think that you're necessarily lying. Cause you already believe in miracles. You already are set in this mindset. And so you saw the person pray over them in the moment. You didn't see them go to the doctor. You didn't see the results afterwards. And there's a tremendous disincentivizing uh, factor for the person who goes to the doctor afterwards, after they get their, their results back from the doctor to go back to the church and tell anyone that it wasn't a real miracle because that mm. might harm other people's faith. And that mm. that's seen as a, a bad thing. And it's seen as negative because mm. it might destroy the, the faith healer's reputation and you don't want that to happen because you think that they're genuine and they're they're sincere and maybe they are but maybe they're they're sincere but like you think that by showing that your thing wasn't a real miracle then it's like but all the other miracles were so is that going to make people look differently at me because i didn't get healed because my miracle wasn't lasting people are going to start thinking that i have some sin in my life or that i didn't have enough faith and that there's something wrong with me and so mm. So you don't have people coming forward afterwards being like, hey, my miracle wasn't real. But I'll tell you, like right now, as someone who has experienced, quote unquote, faith healing and had faith healers come and like, I had this this guy have a bunch of people surround me and they all laid hands on me and prayed over my shoulder. And they're like, you know, oh, your, your shoulder's going to be healed. And in the moment, it was like, oh, my God, it's it's it feels better. It feels good. Like the, the pain is is gone. And then like a few minutes later, it's like it's back. This is weird. Why? Mm. Why is and it was exactly in keeping with the effects that you would um, expect if adrenaline, you have like adrenaline. Um, and so, plus you have, when people are touching you, they're laying hands on you. You have oxytocin, which has a calming effect. It's like the love mm -hmm. chemical when you have like skin on skin contact or you just yeah. hug someone or something you have. We're learning um, all about that now. Pre-birthing courses. Yeah. 
so so you've you've got you know oxytocin you have um norepinephrine or adrenaline which is like fight or flight you know because you're you're like oh i have to move to the front i like all these eyes are on me i'm like yeah. you know kind of scared and you know heightened you know, mm. hair standing up on the back of my neck and oftentimes people will they'll describe their experience as i had i felt like a warmth washed over mm. me i felt like i had I, you know and it's it's this this hit of dopamine where all of a sudden there's kind of this relief of oh the person's laying hands on me and there's this this rush mm. of adrenaline there's this rush of dopamine there's this rush of of cortisol the stress hormone there's this rush of oxytocin and this entire chemical cocktail is going on in addition to other things that are firing in your brain and you you you're set up and primed to believe because you're seeing all of these other people in the front row that are all falling over when they they have their hands you know hands laid on them and so you're already in a way kind of hypnotized into it it's it's almost this like you're already kind of believe it but then if you weren't suggestible enough before the people who are in the front row because they really buy into it and you're seeing mm. the effect that it has on them and then you have this flood of cocktails and you're surrounded by people and you're up at the front and you're crying and you're in an emotional state because the music is going and it's just like this whole situation that's been set up for mm. you to have this experience and so yeah. you're like i had a miracle but then 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, it goes away. But you're like, wait, did it really go away? Am I just like, do I need to pray harder? I, and I, yeah. I don't know if it would be possible um, for God or God's presence to be in a room and not everyone experience it. I don't know why mm. some people can be in the back of the room and be just arms crossed. I don't know if you can just not open your heart and then God's, you just can cut off God. Like that, does, that seems weird to me. Also, yeah. another thing, take everything you just said right but imagine yourself growing up in a in a poor village in africa and then a um big white man with all his lights and crazy um crazy stage and all this stuff comes and puts on this big show and tells you about this this miracle right imagine putting yourself coming coming to the front in that you know talking about someone mm -hmm. of a different culture talking about these things it just yeah it adds to uh, it adds to um, to uh, people's um, like the, the to the experience for people. Mm. I remember being in Vanuatu as a um, as a teenager, and me and two of the youth went away, and we went to this poor village that we just got went we got invited into by the kids. We we're giving out red frogs or whatever, and there was a lady with crippled her legs were twisted out and they were crippled, and um, we tried to pray for her in a, her, her her heart was about the size of like smaller than this office and it was mm. made of tin and cardboard and we're praying for her trying to get her legs to, to stop being twisted she couldn't walk she was sitting in mud and we're praying for her and it didn't work <laughs> and i remember one of the um one of the the, the the youth we're with said ah god told me why it didn't work and i said why and he said because we were white and she would have thought that um uh, that it was the white man that healed her when she, when mm. God wanted her to know that God can heal her. And I was like, Oh, that makes so much sense. So yeah, I just remembered that. <laughs> I just remembered that then there's, um, I, I have a similar story, but it was, so I, I went to this, it was kind of this retreat in college and, you know, we're like a typical college retreat, a lot of prayer, worship, you know, reading the Bible, listening to, to messages and stuff on, you know, the Bible. Yeah. And there was one guy there who everyone thought he was a prophet. He was kind of the, the, 
he was the group prophet, like of our the group prophet of our core friend group. Yeah, and it was a pretty charismatic group that I was in to begin with. Like pretty much everyone believed in miracles and faith healing and and you know prophecy and all of that, and that that everyone could have access to that stuff. But this guy in particular, everyone's like, oh yeah, he's the real deal, and I th I thought he was too, but then in the moment we're all kind of like just hanging out and like after the the worship and we're all kind of dancing around and stuff and i had just started taking gymnastics classes in college yeah and i i did a backflip but i undercut my backflip and i landed on concrete just short just a little bit short and my my front toe completely Ooh. just went up like up and out of place yeah and i'm sitting there just like Oh, this is like intense pain. Like I, I would rather break. There's a lot of bones I would rather break besides like fingers yeah. and toes because you have a lot of like nerve endings. Mm. And this this prophet guy comes up and I was like, "Can you pray over it?" And he takes one look at it and he's like, "God is telling me that He wants to teach you a lesson through this." That's <laughs> like. <laughs> you're like no and, that's so and, good and then like these all these other people gather around and they start praying over me and nothing happens and then they go and they get the nurse and the nurse comes and just goes bop and like pops it back into place and splints it up and i was just like what the hell it's, what do you mean like yeah. he wants to teach me a lesson he can teach me a lesson with a straight toe oh <laughs> wow without me having oh. to like you know go see a doctor and get x-rays and stuff i there was this guy runs with this guy we used to have at church he used to always run around rebuking people for the most most <laughs> mediocre things so like you'd say like oh damn it and he'd be like i rebuke you in the name of jesus and you're like why because i said damn and he said yeah and you're like oh it's such a cheap way to feel superior over someone um that god wants to teach you yeah. a lesson that's so great there was uh, another time when um i was up in montana visiting my aunt and there was this this kid who he was maybe like 12 years old at, when he when this happened but he was he was riding his bike i'm going to try like it's he was he rode his bike into a train what <laughs> which i'm trying not to laugh but at the same time I'm like how do you not see a train like i yeah. guess when you live by the tracks it's just like you you get so used Wait, to was it the train you, moving yeah. Uh, yeah the trade was moving uh -huh. and he rode his bike and it just boom and he went flying up in the air came crashing down and he landed on his head oh and his skull got pushed in like part of his Ooh. skull got like indented oh he suffered severe brain trauma from it severe um severe head injury and so and and i'm i i kid you not this like i could find probably find pictures somewhere of this kid but basically his he he had his this indentation in his head completely like paralyzed in a wheelchair he lived he survived the incident but he he lived I, I don't even know if he made it into his 20s like he lived several years after that but like he was you know confined to a wheelchair and and it was tragic because like his yeah less Paris funny now loved him and stuff yeah <laughs> you say that's funny now i said less funny now oh less funny now <laughs> yeah I, I thought you were throwing some sarcasm in yeah Duh. no it's, it's 
horrible story, but I remember going over to his house and like his mom was there and my aunt was a pastor and um, she's retired now, but like several other people and we're, you know, just seeing them and stuff. And I was like, can I pray over him? Like for a miracle. And his mom, there was like part of her that I could see just kind of like sunk inside where she's like, you can try as if like, I haven't been pouring my heart out to God mm -hmm. for the last, like however many months. And then this, this audacious kid comes in and thinks he's just going to like heal my son, you know, have his head heal better. Mm -mm. And I genuinely thought it would like, I genuinely had like the faith of a child. Cause I was, you know, I was not that old myself at the time. And so I like, you know, was praying and praying and praying and like both out loud and then in my head and stuff and like nothing happened. Mm. And, you know, the, the mom, you know, she's like, well, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to, you know, take things one day at a time. And, you know, and I, I believe that God helps us through struggles and stuff, but it was like, she, she wasn't expecting at that point for this, any kind of a miracle because every single person that comes along is like trying to, to heal this kid. And she sees time and time again, it's like, oh, you're just, you know, doing what everyone else is doing. And here we go again. Mm. But yeah. Jeez. It's, it's, re it's really rough. And at the same time though, we're kind of in the position right now of, of um, for a lot of people who may be watching this, pulling apart something that's so dear to them uh, and so, uh, so important to them that they believe that, you know, God, is there for them that's going to heal them and things like that so it's like we're we're put in the position of like we're being dicks to people in a way but we're it's like we're, we're trying not it's like we're trying to call out the dicks like we're trying to like point mm. out like hey this isn't this doesn't work um well, it's, it's like when people are, say that a psychic they're like well you know it, it makes people feel good what's what's the harm you know like if someone wants to go to a psychic and it makes them feel good to connect with their dead loved ones or at least think that they're connecting with their dead loved ones what difference does it make? And it's like, well, on top of the fact that these people are separating you from your wallet and they have mm. a financial agenda, on top of that, you have the fact that it's like something might feel good. It doesn't mean it's good for you. Someone could, in the case of the psychics, they might need to be able to move on and to, to accept the situation and to heal rather than have this kind of like addiction breadcrumbed in front of them by someone who has the audacity to claim that they can speak for someone that they love that passed away. And with the faith healer, it's like, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to this person and like, they genuinely believe it and it, it makes them feel better and they're comforted by the prayers and all of this stuff. It's like, well, but if you're going to that and you think it makes you feel good, it, it, it might feel good. It doesn't mean it's good for you in the same way that drugs might feel good, but it's not necessarily good for you. Mm. It's, mm. Are, are you sprinkling false hope in front of someone kind of mm. luring them along, draining them of their money. And then if they're not healed, making them feel guilty and awful and horrible, even if you're not deliberately doing that, they're still coming away with that feeling. Cause that's the, the way that this plays out mm. and it's you're, you're, you're seeding them with false hope and they're, there's inevitable disappointment waiting. Mm. It very much. So, um, this there's so much more I wanted to touch on, uh, especially going into the miracles of Jesus and talking about Hume a little bit, no testimony sufficient to establish a miracle, etc., uh, and how we can verify miracles. But we're running out of time, so I want to jump into the uh, 
Q&A. If anyone has any questions, uh, make sure to post them. Um, someone well, also, sorry. I was going to say, while while you're you're going through Q&A, there's one thing that I want to add to this um, that I think is important to, to touch on. And that these, these miracle accounts, they're not unique to Christianity by no oh, means. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're, Although, they're, I, I was looking for, for miracles online and most of them seem the ones that most of the faith healers seem to be Christian <laughs> faith healers. Right? Yeah. So there's, there's a, there's a Muslim faith healer that's pretty well known named um, Mala Ali. It's Mala Ali Kurdistani. It's spelled like M-A-L-A space A-L-I space K-U-R-D-I-S-T-A-N-I. And he does the same, he pulls the same stunts where he'll like okay. put his hands on someone's ears and be like, oh, you know, you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to hear now. You're going to be able to hear now. Or like, you're going to be able to speak now, or, you know, stand up and walk. And it's, it's the same types of stunts that you see being pulled by someone like Jack Cobe 60 years ago, or not 60 years ago, mm. in the fifties. How long ago was that? Almost 70 years ago. And, <laughs> crazy. and so you're, you're seeing all these same things. There was, there was a, a guy in India who has millions of followers to this day. People genuinely believe that he had, you know, miraculous powers. And Satya Sai Baba? Satya Sai Baba. And he would pull like these dust pellets out of the air and it'd be like, oh, here's this miraculous sign for you or, or some healing for you or some word yeah. of prophecy. And the, the dude prophesied his own death and he got the date wrong. Yeah. You know? And how many <laughs> He also these... said he would come, you know, also said he would come back. Um, yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so people will, they'll turn to these gurus, they'll turn to, you know, whether it's a witch doctor or a pastor or, you know, some imam, and they think that there's some power in the divine. And in actuality, it's, it's nothing but up here. It's, our, our brains are incredibly powerful. There is a placebo effect that can happen in situations where there's a, psycho, a psychosomatic element to it. But when you're talking about organic conditions, when you're talking about things like organ failure or, you know, uh, cancers or, you know, the body being like twisted or broken in one way, shape or form, complete total blindness, like retinal detachment, you're not going to see a faith healer be able to come along and, and change that. You just won't. Mm. Captain Dadpool said, I once prayed over someone he, um, for healing and they claimed they felt a warm sensation and the pain went away. Yeah, I've experienced that as well. Um, I just want to mention too, this guy, uh, Satya Sai Baba, he used to make, um, like Rolexes and watches form in people's hands and gold and stuff. When he died, they checked out his, um, his place and he had like hundreds of watches and gold jewelry, just like chilling there with like, yeah. um, barcodes and stuff. Uh, and the other thing too is, um, people say, you know, especially will point to Jesus and say that, you know, they saw, you know, there's testimony of Jesus, the empty tomb, him raising from the dead and stuff and that's a whole other conversation uh and they believe it but satra sai baba you can interview the people that he rose he, he raised from the dead you can interview them right there's four people like they're still alive today like this one person died twice <laughs> they're still they're still there like like and a million people rocked up to his um was a birthday or funeral or something like he had a large following of people and um, and yet you can you can go and watch this footage and it's the same, it's the same stuff that like a magician pen and teller or someone might do where they're, you know, kind of palming something yeah. and then whoop, yeah. Oh, is, look, look, <laughs> look behind your ear. So, yeah. <laughs> look at uh, this corner. I just like pulled out of nowhere. 
So um, everyone, uh, just before we jump into the Q&A, I wanted to say, make sure you go, um, everyone would have subscribed to your channel. You're one of the biggest uh, skeptic channels on YouTube. Um, holy Kool-Aid. This episode here, The Miracles That Always Fail, um, go check it out. Um, get those views up because uh, you haven't been posting in a while. So um, you, you mentioned in one of your videos that the more people who watch, like and follow and things like that, it um, helps the algorithm because uh, YouTube yeah. likes to punish people who don't stick to a <laughs> daily schedule. Um, but go subscribe to Holy Kool-Aid. Also, if you want to support his work, he's got a Patreon linked in the description. Uh, and also, uh, for those who don't know, who've maybe never been to this podcast before, this is a podcast where I ask the guests to choose their drink of choice. We drink it over deep conversations. And next week we have Michael Granado, a PhD candidate, and we're going to be talking about the history of time. What is time? And uh, we're going to be talking about time and getting a little bit woo with that and but more sciencey woo than woo woo. So that'll be a good one. So come along and enjoy. And thanks everyone for rocking up. So let's jump into some Q&A questions. Um, so the a question that I have for you now, this is last time you're on, I asked you, um, I asked you what, if anything would change your mind, right? That's the question I tend to ask mm. all guests. Uh, I also asked you, what's your favorite afterlife? Um, if you can mm. choose an afterlife and you said the egg by, um, that author, I read the book, by the way, great, Andy great Weir. novel, Andy Weir. Yeah. yeah. Now this is another question that's, that's come up. Um, that's really great because you can ask both a theist and a non-theist. And this is a question I like to ask people. What is the most plausibly true religion that you don't believe in? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. The most plausibly true. I I'm I tend to be more drawn to Buddhism because it's, it's more of a philosophy than it is necessarily a religion, but there's so many different shades of Buddhism. Mm. Um, so I was, I was talking to, to one of my friends from Thailand about it, and she was talking about all the different nuances of how within Christianity and Islam, we have so many different denominations and stuff. And you have some people that are Buddhist who genuinely believe in, you know, the book of the dead and the supernatural and all this afterlife stuff. And then other people can literally be Buddhist atheists who just, they, they love the balance. They love like the, the middle way and the, you know, the, the philosophy of it. So like there, there's aspects within Buddhism that I find appealing, but then there's other sides of it that I don't. Um, I don't know. It's as far as most likely to be true, nothing with deities unless the deity is like some sort of highly technologically advanced civilization. Mm. So Scientology. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. The second I said that, I was like, oh, we're not going to plug Scientology. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if it wasn't so controlling and culty, and then minus the whole, like, however many billions of years ago, a volcano exploding with all the thetans yeah. and the souls going out in bad spirits and getting clear and all of that, like, yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think what other what other religions because I mean like Christianity is basically Judaism with extra bullshit. Islam is Christianity with extra bullshit, and Mormonism is all of it with extra bullshit. <laughs> there's Hinduism, there's Buddhism, there's Sikhism, Jainism, yeah. um Taoism. Uh, I don't know enough Taoism. about I don't know enough about Taoism. Yeah. It's just like the the forces of like light and darkness, good and bad, like in a constant 
you know, struggle. Sure. Um, there's like Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, Norse mythology, uh, possibly um, some kind of pantheism where it's like, uh, if, if I were to, if I had to choose a religion and it's like, okay, there's no like specific dogma, there's no specific book, there's no specific interactive deity, but it's kind of like the universe was all somehow interconnected. I don't see a, I mean, people love to go into quantum stuff and, and like, oh, quantum entanglement, therefore all the universe, you're connected with this and that. It's like, okay, but how does it affect me aside from the measurable forces that we know <laughs> exist? Is it conscious? Is it thinking it through? Is it like, oh, hey, I I am the universe and the energy. And so I'm going to somehow consciously decide that this karma thing is going to happen because I'm like keeping track and keeping score. Mm. I, that That's too close to me to a omniscient deity. Um, but if it's that, hey, we're somehow connected with this world and there's like a butterfly effect to our actions and mm. that there's, karma exists not in the sense of it's this conscious thing that the universe is telling, but more in the sense that if I'm a dick to other people, they're not going to want to hang out with me and spend time with me. And so my actions have consequences, then sure. Mm. Okay. So what one? Um, I guess a very watered down version of pantheism. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So just pantheism, like in general. Like not I like guess. a specific pantheon. If, if I have to yeah. choose deism, deism perhaps. Deism, Highly yeah. advanced okay. alien civilization created it, and then they went off to some other dimension. That's, yeah, that's that's my religion of choice. Interesting, interesting. I I think uh, I, I, a lot of people choose Buddhism, and you know I I've been thinking about it. And I think I I might change my answer to um the uh, Advaita Vedanta, um, which is the idea like everything is consciousness and like what, what like consciousness first material world the realm isn't actually material that's probably where i maybe lean or maybe like um, a brain the in bar. the bat type yeah of yeah yeah matrix or, or, or some or like um the, i think it's the baha faith but i i really like the concept i don't know if it's in buddhism or, or something but it's like where the story comes from but it's like the, the buddhism of the blind men and the elephant where it's like yeah. everyone's touching this thing and they're describing different parts of the elephant and they're saying oh it's got a big <laughs> big um nose and it's got a big a trunk sorry it's got legs and, and they're all describing it differently so if there's a faith that's kind of like that that's like you know every, people are tapping into something um uh, these emotional experiences maybe yeah but there's like you know i don't i don't know would that can't kind of be it. like a sort of a, a branch of pantheism where it's kind of it's, it's all interconnected yeah and divine i guess so yeah are, are you familiar with um have you ever are we deconvert? Are we DD converting? <laughs> converting. <laughs> yeah. have, have you ever read God's Debris by the the guy no. who, who wrote Dilbert? the The concept is basically that um, the universe, that the Big Bang and all of that was God had a question, and his question was, "What would happen if I kill myself?" And what's it called? So, God's what? God's Debris. God's so basically, debris. Okay. God explodes in a whole let there be light big bang type scenario and the oh. universe is is basically the universe is slowly god putting himself back together again that's that's cool yeah that's a cool concept um and then there's that i think if i had to choose a religion it would either be something like that 
or um, Isaac Asimov's The Final Question or The Last Question, where it's basically the universe becomes more and more and more and more advanced until everything is part of like this collective internet consciousness but it's not just at like a planetary level it's at like a cosmic level and the universe as as we reach a complete state of entropy and the last star is burning out then that consciousness is so highly advanced that it kickstarts a new universe and says let there be light interesting hence hence, yeah you always leave me with interesting books to read yeah and so it's basically that the question, the, the last question to be answered is, can entropy re- reverse itself? And mm. even though we continue to gather more and more and more information with more and more advanced supercomputers, that this computer continues to answer, there's insufficient data for a reason for a reasonable answer. And finally, at the very end, once it's collected every single form of consciousness and person merging with this computer, and it's so highly advanced, then it it basically answers the question with the phrase, let there be light and kickstarts a new universe. But in that type of a scenario, it would be not a supernatural deity, but a natural, highly technologically advanced entity Mm. that would be God. And so to me, it's like, if there is some kind of religion, either we are the first one of those and that if that's even possible if it's even something that could remotely exist then there's we're either the result of that kind of a deity or we are the first one and the big bang had happened naturally and we're forming into it so if i had to be religious it'd probably be something like that interesting that was uh that was a great that was a great answer to a um a question that's probably the best answer we've had on that question actually um very very deep i love it um because we're at time now i'll just ask one last question uh and that is and i think this is important to to get your input on is let's say someone is watching this and they 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 want to investigate miracles like that that, that maybe experienced in their own life when i say miracles we know what we're talking i'm talking about right um they want to investigate things that they attribute as miracles in their own life, uh, and they want to determine whether or not they're true or false. What would, what advice would you give to this person? I mean, <clears throat> if it's a miracle that's done by a major faith healer, literally just Google search for any kind of independent, like don't don't go to the person's website where they have like testimonies, because a lot of times that's curated. The person, you know, in the case of Alpha Cow, he literally got caught paying off people multiple Mm. people to come and say that they were cured of AIDS and they never were. And Mm. he forged documents. He did all, and like he got caught in the act doing this stuff. And if you watch the beginning of this, this episode and you're just now, or if you're just now coming in at the beginning of this, this conversation, we talked about all of the different faith healers that just the ones at the top, they get busted time and time and time and time again for dishonest tactics and sometimes outright fraud. And Mm. so I would say like, if it's, if it's a big, name faith healer don't go to their own website look for some independent source oftentimes it's it's even other religious people who are calling them out like the trinity foundation they have a lot of information there on their website um there's uh, there's a, a religious a christian guy named justin peters who also uh does exposés on religious people and groups like bethel and stuff like that and so you can go and actually kind of learn a little bit more behind the scenes and kind of get familiar with some of the trickery watch my series, watch my videos on it. 
but also don't just take people's word at it. You know, if, if someone realized that people have incentives and agendas and things like that, and people also misremember and people also tend to exaggerate and stories change from one person to the next, dig deeper, ask more questions, track down the original person, ask to see it and know that like videos can be doctored, videos can be fake, actors can be hired. Um, if there are plausible explanations for it, then the uh, being a skeptic isn't just about being like completely contrarian and not open to evidence. It's saying that the evidence has to be proportionate to the claim that's being made. So it's not just saying no, but it's also not being so open-minded that you just accept anything. It's saying, Hey, is there a better explanation, a more plausible explanation? Let's dig deeper and let's actually test if this stuff is true. And mm. if, if you look throughout history, for you know going back even before the james randy educational foundation there were churches that offered large prizes to people like jack Coe that came forward and said hey we'll give you two thousand five hundred dollars which in today's dollars is like twenty five thousand dollars if you can actually show and prove under medical verification or under medical observation that a miracle is real and he turned them down and never came forward and actually proved it and then wound up going to the hospital himself and dying of polio. So it's it's things like that that it's like if enough of these situations you see time and time and time again where there is trickery and fraud and all of this stuff. And then even when people are sincere, we fool ourselves and we put ourselves in situations where our brains can become susceptible to deception and where we're in chemically altered states. Like not, not from a, a substance necessarily, although it could be, but just your natural neurochemicals that are released you're putting yourself into sober induced trances you're putting yourself in a position where you are highly susceptible and it's like research a little bit more explore how this stuff works look for um, the mechanisms behind it and don't just take someone's word for it especially if they stand to profit and stand to gain from you believing in it oh, that, that's this great it's great advice great advice also for people who uh, looking into natural healing, you know, turmeric yeah. root extract or whatever, whatever. Rub garlic on your ankles four times a day with my special. Um. Anyway, thank you so much, uh, Thomas, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's been really great um, getting to know you more and um, and, and uh, kindling a bit of a friendship as we talk about um, these pieces of shit, as I may say. Um, let uh, if you could sign us off with your catchphrase, that'd be absolutely great. Well, David, thank you so much for having me on. And everyone, as I always say, dare to be curious, but don't drink the Kool-Aid. Cheers. <laughs>